1: The Bloodline is once again the lead story of SmackDown, but this time, I think we finally hit the wall, because this just don't make no sense. The wall, brother! It's the wall, brother! I'm Tempest, your host of the SmackDown podcast here on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. Today, I am not joined by the lovely and wonderful Sat. Instead, I'm joined by the lovely and wonderful, yes, he's paid me to say this, Ollie Davis. (laughs) I miss Sat. I miss Sat. And I'm not even on the shows with him. He's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it feels like he's... He's here about as much as he isn't, which means that I get to have yeah. a, a rotating cast of hosts. I feel like I've had every person in the Russell Talk office here helping me do the SmackDown podcast over the last few months, which is very nice because, I mean, you and I don't get to do podcasts as often as I well, would like. you get the odd, uh, AEW
2: show, don't we? Every once in a while. Yeah. but
1: it was We basically... just talk about Ring of
2: Honor from 2010.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I get to talk about Ring of Honor from 2010 when you're on the show. I get to talk about TNA when Luke <laughs> Luke's on the show, but today we have to talk about SmackDown. As much as I would have liked to talk about Rampage this week, because was it good? It was really good. Yeah, and all my favorite indie stars were on the show this week. Because like Brian Keith faced Hangman Uh Page. I love Brian Keith; he's awesome. Uh, Gringo Loco was in a tag match against uh, El Vikingo. Unbelievable, Like, really fun stuff. Enough that made me go, like, I really want to sit down and properly watch Rampage. But that's not what this show is. Mm -hmm. This show is to talk about the bloodline. Because that's all this show was. And it made for kind of a nothing-really-happening episode of SmackDown. So we'll get right into it, because this was the bulk of the show. We opened with the return of John Felix Anthony Cena Jr. (laughs) Wabadoo. He comes
2: out. Which CM Punk is building a feud with.
1: Yes. Sorry, it's been
2: like, it's been two minutes and I haven't said CM Punk yet. So I just, (laughs) he did John Cena spots it all in. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, he's going to WWE confirmed.
1: See, I was thinking to myself watching the show. I don't know why. My mind just trailed off and was thinking about other things. (laughs) Where if Do- sign of a good shade. yeah. If AEW wanted to be the the real WCW of of this generation and whatnot, they would have poached John Cena when they launched as their new Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you know he would have fit perfectly. He's the same kind of age range and everything Hogan would have been at the time. But mm. you know Cena, Cena's never leaving WWE. But it's just a thought <laughs> I had. Instead, he returns to WWE. And he comes out. This is the first time we've seen him since Money in the Bank. And he comes and he says a bunch of thank yous to the WWE fans. He thanks them for letting him be back, be on the show for the next two months. Thanks him Thanks him for letting him be able to go to India to wrestle for the first time ever. Really pushing that superstar spectacle show hard. So he is wrestling in India? I I, as far as I know.
2: I thought it was like a vague announcement, John Cena will be there. I think he's but wrestling. he said wrestling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think
1: he's wrestling on the show. And... He then announced he's going to be the host of Payback for whatever that means. Anytime WWE stars host a pay-per-view, I'm just like, hey, you want to be on the show, but they've got nothing for you on the show. Whether it's the New Day at WrestleMania, Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. uh, the Miz at that one SummerSlam, doesn't matter what it is. A host of a show, even The Rock at WrestleMania was largely, you know, inconsequential Outside of until interfere, the and uh, until, until and then he, he set up the next the main year's event. WrestleMania, yeah, but otherwise, like his promo to start that show is nothing, absolute nothing. So maybe John Cena will break that trend.
2: Well, do, do you want to hear my pitch for that now? Please. There is a uh, r- report from Worked Wrestling that John Cena will face Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. during this couple of month run he's having while the actor strikes on. That was something they kind of alluded to back in March mm-hmm. when they passed each other on Raw. I think Cena is, gets involved in the Grayson Waller-Cody Rhodes payback mm-hmm. segment. Otherwise, why on earth have we got a Grayson Waller-Cody Rhodes segment on a pay-per-view?
1: I have no idea. I've seen a lot of people comparing that segment to the Chris Jericho and Randy Orton highlight reel from mm. Battleground 2016, <laughs> which is where they started hyping up the Orton and Brock Lesnar match yeah, and yeah. everything. It was the first time Orton had been on TV, I think. It worked that well. Yeah. That segment had the benefit of Chris Jericho and Randy Orton working with Jimmy Jacobs, who was their favorite writer at the time, who was able to put together some really fun stuff for that show, an actual really good highlight reel. This does not have that. And Grayson Waller effects tend not to be terribly interesting Mm. and more or less just set up someone coming out to interfere, set up whatever they're going to end up doing. If that's John Cena and Cody Rhodes leading to... Maybe a match at I don't even know Fastlane. Yeah, probably the, the 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 next Saudi show, of course. perhaps. Yeah. What it, I don't know if John Cena would do the Saudi show. He he tended he, he cooled pulled on out it, of yeah. yeah pulled out of one of them at some point. Maybe it's a Survivor Series match. Who knows? But I would very much like to see that match. It's like Cody Rhodes is kind of the de facto biggest babyface uh-huh. star in the company, so. Any sort of interaction with those two, as long as Cody comes out on top in the end, I think that just boosts his stock even more. Means you can
2: have, in the space of a couple of months, Brock Lesnar endorsing Cody and Cena. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely both guys are going to hit their finishers (laughs) on Grace and Waller.
1: Waller. 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 That's why he's there. Very much so. But John Cena in this segment gets interrupted by Jimmy Uso, who's got Mm. new music. Yeah,
2: well, is this... I guess it's his singles music.
1: I guess so, yeah. Maybe it's always been there. He's just never had a singles match. He's never had a singles match before. He comes out and he says, John, you're goaded, but I'm the best now. This is my ring. And he says that, John, you and Roman are exactly the same. All you do is take. You never give, which is funny, because this was immediately after John Cena was doing his promo talking (laughs) about giving back. John Cena cuts him off. He makes a comment about, yeah, his fashion sense is, is interesting. And he cuts Jimmy off and says, I've wanted to say this for three years. The wrong Uso quit. Everyone goes, "Oh!" And then Jimmy or goes what, to What do you a... think
2: of that line, by the way?
1: Because he only quit about a month ago. Yeah. See, <laughs> I think that, I don't know, it doesn't make sense in yes. the context of how he's saying it, but you could say like, oh, well- Jey Uso lost that I quit match three years ago to oh. Roman and forced everyone to start the, the bloodline stuff. I, I That's the only thing. That's the only straw I was able to grasp at because otherwise I was thinking the exact same thing mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, he only quit like a month ago, John. It's a nice line. Sure. But it doesn't make any sense. No. And I mean, he has been known to make comments like that. His, his promo battles with Roman a couple of years ago for the SummerSlam match where he's just like, yeah, well, you ran Dean Ambrose out of WWE. And I was like, that's not even remotely <laughs> true. Like, not, there's not even a sliver of truth to that. So, he, you know, it's a good line regardless. And Jimmy Uso throws a super kick. John Cena catches it and he hits the AA to take the segment home. I would say the start of Jimmy Uso looking rubbish. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't write it in my notes for my review at the time because I was like, let me see how the rest of this show plays out. But then it didn't really make the rest of the show that much better. Like it didn't justify it by the end because this did very much feel like the same thing you got at Money in the Bank, where John Cena comes out to do his return, he does a speech, and then he gets interrupted by a geek heel who's able to, you know, go back and forth with him a little bit, but then eat the the AA at the end. That's totally fine when it's Grayson Waller. Yeah. But when Jimmy Uso is meant to be the focus of SmackDown currently, I don't think that helps him very much.
2: It's that kind of WWE, I've seen it so many times with how they book heels. Mm -hmm. And it's, oh, they're actually rubbish. And they, they'll they get heat because they are rubbish, but they talk a big game saying they're the best thing on SmackDown. Yeah. When really, I got, did Jimmy Uso get any single bit of sort of badass offense in here? He got laid out by Cena, spoiler, Mm -hmm. he got laid out by AJ Styles for a a fight. So both times he started those fights Mm -hmm. and then the baby faces destroy him, which is terrible for a wrestler. Um, And then the last one, it was a sneak attack
1: at the end. Yeah, very not great. It's not strong booking. No, and we were talking about this in the office and all of this we, we will get more into, but the bloodline when Roman's not around, feels very mid-card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's always sort of been the case. But even still, you, at one point, had Sami Zayn there, which elevated the story Mm -hmm. massively with his performance. He was, you know, the heart of the story for a long, long time. But then even after Sami left... You know, things took a step back and everybody was like, oh, I don't know, how about this? The the shows without Roman on them don't really feel that important. But at the very least, you had Jay Uso, who mm. many people have said is the main character of this story. Now he's not even around. Yeah. So now you've got Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, who are easily the two least interesting members of this menagerie. Love them. Yeah. But, yeah. Great supporting acts in this thing. But now they're being tasked with carrying SmackDown when no one else is around, and I think it makes for a lackluster SmackDown. Yeah, it's not
2: like there's another storyline on SmackDown that right. can take the the star power weight when Roman and Jay aren't there. Yeah, this is still the focus, despite it being with the fourth and fifth biggest stars in this story.
1: Yeah, it. it- there, were, there was the SmackDown a few weeks ago in Toronto where the focus of the show was the Edge versus Sheamus match, yeah. which, great match, but it felt like, oh, the focus of the show is on something else. Mm-hmm. They didn't rely on whatever that was going on with the bloodline at the time. That doesn't happen often enough yeah. because that was a one-off episode where it was one match that was built to, one match that was paid off. Everyone goes home happy, great, great stuff. Otherwise, like, there's not enough there when it comes to Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory because that's just not really a main event program right now. There's nothing else really cooking on SmackDown because half the titles aren't there. The women's stuff is really jumbled at the moment. Bianca's in and then she's out and now appears that she's gone for a while. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot there to carry the show when it's not the bloodline and it's just not the bloodline right now. And, and payback is tonight. Mm-hmm. And
2: we 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 said last year at Extreme Rules time, right, okay, we can't keep doing live reactions for mm-hmm. all of these shows. <laughs> so we're only going to do really important shows. And we didn't do Extreme Rules, and that was when Bray came back, and we're like, ah, damn it. That was actually a bigger show than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. So then WWE went on a run of not doing any B shows. Yep. You know, it, Elimination Chamber, Backlash, Money in the Bank, although that's a bit bigger. They're all awesome. Even the Saudi show was great.
1: Big stuff on the Saudi shows, yeah. whether it's Roman and Logan Paul last yeah, year yeah. or earlier this year with the tag match. These were big shows. So this this payback
2: is like the all-out of WWE. This is the least interesting card they've put on for over a year. Yeah, And it is because... This smack the SmackDown stuff just isn't pulling its weight for it. This was this is technically a go home show for payback. Yeah. The only thing w- w- that built it is John Cena saying he's going to be there. Yeah. Right. I guess there's the Mysterio, Santos.
1: You've got the stuff. the LA Night Miz. Yeah, segment, yeah, that was on But L.A. that L.A. it has been more of a raw program mm-hmm. in terms of SmackDown content that has been built and then will be paid off at payback. There's, like, nothing there. Mm. You've got the the U.S. title match with Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory, but it's a rematch of a previous title change that happened, like, a month ago. It feels very run-of-the-mill. Yeah. Uh, this has kind of been, <laughs> you know, satinized. problem with SmackDown since the draft is... They took the big stars and the emotional stories away from this show. Mm. And I think they've done such a <clears throat> disservice to some of the people on this show. Like in, the one that really comes to mind is Seamus. Yeah. Where they took away not only his motivation as a character going mm. for the Intercontinental Championship. But they took away Drew McIntyre, who is kind of his tag partner slash enemy, who he could always go back to and have a fun program Mm -hmm. with and have a great big meaty man match. He's a big player that's had nothing to do. And these are guys where all of a sudden, yeah, the SmackDown roster doesn't look too bad when AJ Styles is on it. Sheamus is on it. Bobby Lashley's on it. None of them have anything to do. You know, and yeah, like we'll get into the rest of the show. Like Bobby Lashley's had a story going with the Street Profits, but it's not one that can be paid off with Mm -hmm. matches every week. They don't have a clear opponent right now that you're excited to see them face. It's just kind of a jumbled mess right now, but we'll keep going (laughs) because there's a lot of bloodline stuff throughout this show. Mm -hmm. Some really weird stuff as well. Because Jimmy Uso is then shown walking backstage frustrated that he just got punked. Oh, he's angry. He's angry. He's grumpy. He's a grumpy Uso. He walks backstage and, like, a tech op is just wheeling a crate around and almost pushes it into Jimmy Uso. He's like, hey, man, I'm walking here. And walks off. And that's the segment. That's the whole segment. I wrote that down and went, I guess I have to report on this. Like... It's like even the backstage crew don't respect Jimmy. Yeah.
2: Which is a nice story to tell. Sure. But then also give him a bit of credibility then.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I might as well say it out because I don't want to come back and Talk about it again. Caleb Raxton asked Austin Theory and Grayson Waller about John Cena mm-hmm. hosting Payback, and they they laugh, and then they both talk about what they're doing on the show instead. I'm not going back to the beginning to recap that <laughs> segment. <laughs> not important enough, uh, because after a match, you had Meechin talking with Adam Pierce backstage about Lord knows what, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Uso barges in, and Meechin's like, uh, "Excuse me," and he's like, "Excuse you. No one's talking to you. What do you want, Pierce?" And he's like, this is exactly what I want to talk to you about. Stop being so rude to everyone. You're rude to one of the crew backstage. He's, you know, part of the the lifeblood here of WWE. They're the ones that keep this ship going. You're in here. You're rude to, to her. I was having a conversation. You need to straighten up. And he's like, is that it? And he's like, yeah. Just telling a heel to stop being mean. Yeah. It's so lame. It's yeah. It's really not much of anything, is it,
2: it? It's a and it's a fine story to do this with an undercard chicken s word heel. Sure, I guess.
1: Do you it know. with Baron Corbin or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's yeah.
2: Baron Corbin could like freak out. That, that you could get some. It could be quite fun. Yeah. But that is a very undercard story. Yeah. And WWE are trying to present it and the character like this is the next Roman Reigns and. Oh, God, it's just every the crew hand, Pierce, just dismissing Jimmy. Jimmy being like, Nyeh. I'm walking
1: off. Yeah. And then? And then, immediately after this, we had in between entrances... Stop that. I thought we'd fix that problem. Meechin is then shown talking to the rest of the OC about how rude Jimmy was, and AJ Styles walks in, asks what happened. She's like, oh, Jimmy just came in and, you know, yelled at my face when I was talking to Pierce, whatever. And he's like, all right, I'll go deal with this. He walks off. You have some stuff happen. We'll get back to it. Then we had a backstage segment where AJ walks up to Jimmy Uso, confronts him, and he's like, oh, what are you going to do about it? And AJ shoves him, and he drops. Yeah, And, like, total nothing character for Jimmy Uso. Just guy walks up to him. He's like, all right, what? He gets one shot, and he drops. And then Solo comes out of nowhere and jumps AJ. AJ falls down. Solo's like, yeah, we're not finished with you, Jimmy. Jimmy gets up and says, you... Roman, Paul, none of y'all can tell me when I'm in, when I'm out. And he leaves. He's got his bag with mm-hmm. him. It looks like he's left the building. I think uh, that the line from Solo
2: was along the lines of, you're out of the bloodline when we say you're yeah. out of the bloodline. Yeah. Which which says to me that Roman, Solo, and Paul are like, you're still in.
1: Mm-hmm. You're still in with us. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> sure. But Jimmy is... is try to go his own way or whatever it mm-hmm. is i don't know i don't know we don't know because this all leads to aj styles goes back and he talks to the rest of the oc and says that no, no, no they say like hey man don't get involved in this bloodline stuff because they know they're not winning any matches <laughs>
2: aj it's says carl anderson and Doc yeah yeah,
1: yeah we, no, it won't work for us probably. no 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 don't do that <laughs> AJ says, no, 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 no. I, I'm sick of this. It's time to show these guys that this is the house that AJ Styles built once upon a time. Mm-hmm. This goes to the main event, which is AJ Styles versus Solo Sokola. Good. Fun, fun matchup. Solid match, sure. They go back and forth. There's good stuff. AJ Styles is AJ Styles. He's very good. They hit uh there's a Samoan drop and an Moon moonsault and a pop-up Samoan drop. And it looks like AJ has the upper hand. He goes for the phenomenal forearm. But this is where Jimmy reappears and sweeps his legs out as he jumps. AJ falls into the ring, gets hit with a Samoan spike, gets pinned. And that's sort of your show.
2: Well then well then Jimmy Jimmy gets into the ring, yeah. hugs Solo, like, yeah, I helped you. And Solo goes, get off me, and he goes for the spike. And Paul Heyman's like, No, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Paul and Solo walk off, and Jimmy's in the ring. He super kicks AJ, then hits a splash, and then he Does the bloodline, we are the ones, taunt?
1: Yeah. Halfway through the match, Paul Heyman came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping, my silver lining to this, is that maybe, maybe this can foreshadow a Roman Reigns-AJ Styles Mm. match for the title. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we haven't gotten that in the last three years. But the bigger problem here is why didn't the club come out? Th- there's well, that. Why weren't they there? Well, they said, uh, that doesn't work for us, brother. We're not getting involved in this Bloodline stuff. What in God's name is going on with this Bloodline yeah. story? You know, a lot of people <laughs> tried to justify the Jimmy turn at mm. SummerSlam, and a lot of people were not down with it. I was not down with it. I wasn't down with it. It's, it's patently obvious to everybody that they should have pulled the trigger at WrestleMania. This storyline has beyond jumped the shark.
2: Well, I I think that's a bit unfair because from uh, when did when did Roman come back? It was at the Saudi show, wasn't it? Like backlash that sure that bit had nothing, but the J Jimmy like that turn sure. all the way through to SummerSlam. I would say was was terrific. Hmm.
1: It, it it was. I will still make the argument that nothing that ha- has happened since WrestleMania has required the title be involved. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So if if, if would it would have helped, whatever. It's a whole thing we talk about a million mm-hmm. times. My God, I have no idea what this storyline even is anymore. Like it third. seemed like there was always the direction that we were going. That one way or another we're going to get to Roman Reigns and Jay Uso and it's going to be this big cathartic mm-hmm. match and without the title on the line i thought there was a really good chance that jay could have beaten roman in that match yeah. to get revenge over the last 3 years and that felt like throughout everything the last 3 years that's the direction we were headed At no point during those three years were we like, and then Jimmy turns on Jay and then tries to say that despite Jay being convinced to turn on Roman originally by Jimmy, now Jimmy's like, I don't want you to beat Roman. I don't want you to become Roman. It feels like such a 180 in terms of the character motivation of Jimmy Uso and the direction that this storyline has been going, where are we going right now?
2: Yeah, so just to, to, to bullet point this out, Yeah. Jimmy got Jay to turn on Roman, because mm-hmm. it was Jimmy who did the first turn on Roman, yeah. and then he persuaded Jay to follow suit. Then Jimmy betrayed Jay at SummerSlam, but didn't side with the bloodline. He did it, he explained, to save Jay from becoming like Roman. But at the end of this episode, he now wants to rejoin Roman in the bloodline, while also appearing like a total chump for the length of this episode. It really... I really can't find the sense. The only sense I can find in it is that Jimmy is erratic, he's lost his mind... One minute he wants this thing, one minute he wants that thing. And that he's just confused, probably driven by some sort of jealousy of Jay. And he just keeps trying to back who he thinks is the right horse. Mm-hmm. If that is what they're doing, it's not being told very well. And it's also not a, it's not a, it's either not a compelling enough character for this prestige of a storyline or, and I'm, but, They'd say Jimmy's performance isn't good enough mm. because Jay, Roman, Solo, everyone had these really good characters and they performed them exceptionally. And that was why all the characters, Sammy as well. That's yeah. why all those character interactions worked and Heyman and Jimmy. But Jimmy was probably the least performative of all those. Yeah. So now Jimmy Him has. Him or Solo. Yeah, but Solo's kind of protected and
1: Yeah. He's, he's got he's got a very defined mm-hmm. less emotional he was he was asked to do less as a character. And I really like Jimmy's like one big promo he did with Sammy after the Royal Rumble because, you know, Jimmy was always the one that Sammy was cool with. Mm -hmm. And then he was the one to first super kick Sammy at the Royal Rumble when Sammy turns on Roman. And then they have a really good promo afterwards where Jimmy can say, Sammy, you are so selfish. You know, I welcomed you in. You had a part to play. And all of a sudden you decided whatever, everything he said. And that felt like a great encapsulation of Mm -hmm. his character that didn't necessarily need to go deeper. Now mm. he's being asked to go deeper as a character, and I don't know if it's his performance or the writing or a mixture of both, but it does not at all feel like the level of depth no. that the storyline deserves after these last few years. Yeah, it's ill-defined, and it's
2: it just, yeah, there's so many problems with it. It's It's confusing, it's inconsistent, character-wise, that is. And the star power has completely been stripped from it. And it's a mid card storyline.
1: Yeah. It's wild. Like, like people said, if the. I saw a lot of people theorizing about why Jimmy turned on Jay at SummerSlam. And if the story was that he was in some way jealous Mm -hmm. of Jay because he was the one that was taken out by the bloodline after Money in the Bank. They beat him up. They put him to a table. They wrote him off TV for weeks. If his response was... Well, Jay, I got attacked, and your first instinct was to challenge Roman for the title. You don't care about me. You didn't do this for me. You did this because you wanted to be the tribal chief, and you wanted to be the new guy, the new champion and everything. This wasn't about me. This was about the title, and I took offense to that. I don't know if that would have worked for me as an explanation, but it would have worked a lot better than what we've gotten.
2: How about this?
1: Just doing this on the fly.
2: So Jimmy's attacked, you know, beaten up, and it's even worse than what happened. And then that's when Jimmy changes in the month before SummerSlam. He's like, "Don't do it. They're mm. too strong. They'll hurt you." Right. Like, and then you, then you're starting to get over this cowardly, fearful character well in advance. And it explains why he would interfere in the SummerSlam match. You know, maybe even have him come down with a Roddy Strong style neck brace (laughs) to sell that side of things. And then you can have the Jimmy here of someone who's sort of, he's just terrified of the bloodline. And that's why he's doing the things he's doing now, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess where Jay was at the start of this whole shebang Mm -hmm. with uh, Roman and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he was scared that what of what Roman did to Jimmy, and then right. Jimmy Jimmy could mirror that, but take a less noble route. Yeah, I don't, well, whatever it is, it's it's definitely not working at the moment.
1: No, and I don't know how this plays in any of the the future pay per views, premium live events, what have you, in the the coming weeks mm. and months. I I mean, I assume we'll get the the USO versus USO match. They say they want that for WrestleMania. I can't imagine them stretching all this out until WrestleMania because there's just not enough here. And it's only the start of September. <laughs> Who wants to see brothers face each other as well? Uh, I know. don't know. They've done it well. Like WWE has done it well once. Which one? The, the hearts. And I okay, guess you yeah, 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 you yeah. could in some way argue that the build for the first Taker and Kane match was very very Mm. good. And it was. That's one of the great stories WWE's told. After that, I don't know why people have wanted to see that match. (laughs) But regardless, in terms of the build and the story, they've done that well. Mm -hmm. Not real brothers, I don't care. That's been done well. Outside of WWE, Cody and Dustin, other great brother versus brother match. I don't know who's clamoring to see these brothers fight. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If this is the bottom of the third inning my God put Mark Burley in because he's a fast pitcher there's a reference for you so when I in another job I used to do the broadcast of baseball I mm. manage that going out in
2: the uk and i I enjoy baseball as a viewing experience but it's it's sometimes it's in, insanely boring mm-hmm. even in the good games mm-hmm. if they go the whole nine extended whatever sure so maybe this is just the boring bit of the game maybe you maybe know. in the fifth inning oh get a bit more competitive again mm-hmm You rest in a picture or whatever, and you bring out a star picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Am I using the right terminology? Yeah. And then it's touchdown, touchdown, conversion goals.
1: Slam dunk. Yeah. get into the rest of the show here because there were some other matches that didn't involve the bloodline here not many of them but there, there was some <laughs> stuff we had oh, our do, opening tag don't match. you want to go back
2: and cut really cover that austin theory Grayson waller i specifically did not
1: huh? want to oh, okay Although that did lead into our opening match here, as Mm. it was the LWO of Rey Mysterio and uh, Santos Escobar versus Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. I have not been blown away by Austin Theory's work uh, this year or really ever, (laughs) but I will say I like these two as a tag team. They fit, don't they, they? fit very mm. well. I thought that Austin Theory and uh, Pretty Deadly could have made a good trio until, unfortunately, I think it was Elton Prince. Yeah. Sat's not here to remind me which one is which. Uh, until he got hurt, that looked like a promising trio. Maybe that would have been a, a fun direction for them to take the Lashley and Street Profits mm. thing in a mm. six-man rivalry. Oh, yeah. One more Lashley-Austin Theory matches. Yeah. Uh. Listen, I wasn't saying they need to do a Get the U.S. Match. title back on theory. Yeah, no, just, no, no, just do no, 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 all that no. classic Raw stuff. We're not speaking that into existence. <laughs> but for this match, they did pretty well. This was a fun t- opening match. Rey Mysterio in particular looked great. They all did, but Rey Mysterio is Rey Mysterio. He had a dive to the outside. Mm. Where I was just like, unbelievable that you're still this good at this age. They go back and forth. Ultimately, this leads to Santos Escobar getting his knee kicked out by Austin Theory. Austin Theory and Rey Mysterio do like a Hurricane Run, a spill to the outside deal. And this allowed uh, Grayson Waller to hit the stunner, or as Corey Graves like to call it, the stunner from down under for the win. Not my, not my preferred naming of this. Uh, and this was one of the times where I thought this finisher was appropriate because... My goodness, there's a lot of setup to it some other times. Mm -hmm. When he's in the ring and has to leave the ring to re-enter the ring (laughs) with a roll for a stunner, where it's like, you could just hit a stunner. But in this case, it worked. This, uh, of course, sets up both Grayson Waller's hosting, or not hosting privileges, his uh, Grayson Waller effect at the pay-per-view as well as Austin Theory's rematch for the U.S. title against Rey Mysterio. Solid enough stuff. Nothing to write home about at all, but a fun uh, opening tag.
2: I really liked when Theory whipped Waller into the opposite corner and Waller did the sort of Baron Corbin, slide outside, run around the ring post, and in so doing, yanked Santos Escobar off the apron.
1: That was a really good spot. It's one I've not seen a lot. Like, there have been a million different ways to take someone off the apron, cut off the hot tag, what have you. But that was creative. You know, there's uh, something different.
2: The other bit I'd, I'd point out is in the finish, Ray was sort of in front of Santos and uh, Theory was running towards Ray. Mm-hmm. And Santos pushed Ray out the way. That's a good point. Yes. And then Theory took out Santos's knee. So they put over quite heavily on commentary Oh, Santos saved Ray Mysterio. So one of my, I think a lot of people's, speculation predictions is santos turns on Mm ray at payback so theory can win the title back i'm not saying they align but santos has finally had enough of mysterio i can see that feeding into this motivation maybe
1: ultimate it's tough because i don't know what the direction long term is for any of these guys I would like to think that Santos versus Rey Mysterio would be a big match. Mm -hmm. I don't know when you do that big match. The obvious conclusion everybody would come to at this time of year is you build it for WrestleMania. I don't know how you get there. Mm -hmm. I think if you do the turn now, that might be a bit soon if that's the goal, but maybe it's not the goal. Maybe that's a Survivor Series match. And then you turn back around and you go for Rey Mysterio versus Dom again at WrestleMania in a hair versus mask match, whatever the case may be. (laughs) But yeah, I think the clear direction at some point will be a turn, Mm -hmm. LWO versus Rey Mysterio. I've heard talk that they want to bring up new members for the LWO. Maybe in that case, you can replace a Rey Mysterio if he gets kicked out with someone like Dragon Lee, for Mm -hmm. instance. There are options, but... Yeah, fun stuff. I like speculating about that because that is a match I very much mm. am interested in seeing. I think it should be great. They obviously would care a lot and put a lot of effort into it. Good stuff. We, after the uh, several Meechin segments, had Bobby Lashley coming down to the ring. He's and- smiling so much. Yeah. He, he's got a big old smile. I don't like it. No, oh, it gives me Bobby's sisters vibes. Oh god, I like mean Lashley. It's a different kind of smile. It's not the smile it's not he dead had behind the eyes. It, no. Yeah, that <laughs> backstage segment that I've seen in a million thumbnails involving Bobby Lashley since then, where he just has like the yeah, just the most ordinary like the kind of smile that you give someone as you pass them in the street and make eye contact. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh god. Anyway. He comes out to explain the partnership between himself and the Street Profits. And he says, it's very simple, real recognize real. He's great. The Street Profits are great. Why not be great together? He welcomes the Street Profits out who still don't have a new theme. We've kind of been waiting to see maybe they get a rejig theme. It doesn't seem like they're turning heel. They've had a bit more of an edge to them the last few weeks, but they definitely are the same people. They it's seem str- aligned the same way. It's
2: strange, isn't it? Because you used to, if if a wrestler put on a suit, all of a sudden,
1: yeah, very definitive heel turn. I mean, that was even if it wasn't a heel turn, like a real stark yeah, gimmick yeah. change. Whether it was Miz, Jericho, oh. Swagger when he won the title, yeah.
2: Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, the new <laughs> face of America. And it's kind of like I guess in the 80s if a wrestler had a beard all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. Boo. Of course. It so, wasn't a baby face.
2: But I think the street profits are so so cool. Yeah. They just look very smart. Yeah. And Lashley's They're very there. distinguished. That that the, this presentation like, they look cool, but they're all being very chummy friends. So mm-hmm. when you say they've got a bit of an edge, I actually disagree. Well, I maybe think it's not very, on this show, but yeah. when they
1: were attacking the brawling brutes and people sure. in weeks past, it was more of a, well, they wouldn't do that beforehand.
2: I, I know the Hurt Business really, when, when you go back and revisit it, is like three months yeah. and not that great at all. But the, 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 so I think they live in people's minds so much because... The concept is cool. And the Mm -hmm. concept is, here's a bunch of people in suits going about business,
1: and they look serious. They're cool. Yeah, They had good wrestlers in it. They were led by MVP, who's a good talker. So you had the manager, the top star, and a Mm -hmm. tag team who weren't given a chance at the time, but managed to win the titles while they were in the Hurt business. There was a lot to like about it, and it's why people have been clamoring for a proper Hurt Business reunion over the last three years. And this isn't that, but there are some of the same feelings directed towards this where it's a bunch of really talented guys who look cool should be able to wrestle together i don't know if eventually they would put like an mvp with them i don't know it feels like they're they are missing the the manager Mm. role holding it all together but otherwise it invokes a lot of the same emotions it's just yeah
2: because those those great parts particularly mvp being a great talker Currently, Bobby is like the mentor manager for the Street Profits or the Suit Profits as Michael Cole. I tried to just (laughs) move past that. I didn't think that was terrible. Uh, But the, yeah, Bobby, love the guy, but I don't like it when he smiles weirdly. (laughs) And he's not a good talker most of the time, Um, particularly when he's got to do it in a, Oh, I'm happy. Like, oh, such a happy thing. He's great at being threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, this has potential, but I think it's lame. Mm. They look cool, but right now it's lame. They need to find a more serious edge. Hopefully that will come with the Kevin Owens-Sammy Zayn feud, yep. which was sort of set up after this. Oh, my goodness. Like Or the Judgment Day feud. Because I've got Judgment Day down to win a payback.
1: Wow. It's a predictable card otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think it's just a predictable card.
2: And then you can do Bala and Priest. Get the tag belts
1: on heels to go against New Hurt business faces. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have no real idea of what's mm. what, where we're going on Raw. Maybe, maybe they <laughs> win, but I, I don't know. I'd like to think that they wouldn't set up this Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens tag match with mm. the Street Profits if that wasn't the direction. Do a three-way? Yeah, you could do a three-way feud for sure. Uh, And yeah, the Street Profits come out. They look very good. They've got their suits on. They look very distinguished. They've still got the solo cup. They still do the whole entrance. And they go out there and they thank Bobby Lashley And Lashley says they're putting the whole WWE on notice. They're coming for power. They're coming for championship gold. So, of course, they go to make their leave. And who comes out but Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for their next match. They pass each other in the aisle. They kind of have a little stare down, which would make you believe that that is going to be the direction after payback. But who knows? Who knows? very up to that though yeah that match sounds fantastic and if that means getting sammy and kevin back on smackdown for just a little bit of Mm -hmm. extra spice like since that saudi arabia show we've had them on this show maybe once or twice like they faced the pretty deadly that's like it Mm -hmm. you know and i really really miss having these guys on smackdown they were part of the highlights of the show for like a year there so we'll see this match wasn't as much that, because we've been saying on this SmackDown show that we really want the rest of LWO to start picking up wins, because it feels like you've got Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, and then you've got Zelina Vega, who you know challenged for the women's title last week, she had her pay-per-view match, she's had a bit of a run as of late, maybe not as many wins, but she's, she's had a bit of a run, and then you just have these two guys. You know, and I've watched NXT. I know Legato del Fantasma is great. I know that Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro mm-hmm. are fantastic workers. And they could have really fun tag matches. And I don't know, especially why, on this show, especially... I don't know if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are still banged up. Oh, potentially, yeah. You know, maybe that's why they kept the match <laughs> short. And if it is, fair play to them. But, like, this felt like a... Opportunity to have like ah we don't really have too much on this show mm-hmm. let's have these two good teams go out there and wrestle for 15 minutes in the main event just have a really good match that's not what we did instead we got more of a squash match you know it went yeah. back and forth for a very short amount of time here but this was a short match and ultimately Kevin Owens hits a pop up power bomb tags in Sami Zayn who hits a haluva kick tags Kevin Owens back in hits a stunner gets the pin just. Finisher, 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 done. Not even a chance of a kickout. And after the match, Sami Zayn gets on the mic and says, "Judgment Day at Payback. You are in for the fight of your life." And that's the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn show for tonight. It's fine.
2: It was but, my match of the night. Oh yeah, well, I not really a lot to choose from. Yeah, but. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was, I was settling in for okay, this us be like a 10-minute match, mostly in the outbreak, yep. break. And then Owens just hit the stunner. I was like, oh, yeah. And then Sami Zayn, a Luva kick. I thought they showed great fire and intensity. They're wrestling a payback for yep. the, defending their titles. Makes sense on paper to give them a strong win here. I th- I thought it was pretty effective. Um, I'm not as invested in the other members of LWO though, mm. like you are.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that just comes from... Watching the show, not watching the show, what what have you. But, I mean, in in my review, I said, like, good and effective, just short. Yeah. yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot to it. And on a show that didn't have very much long wrestling matches, uh, I would have Mm -hmm. maybe preferred this be one of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, you know, that's just a a nitpick more than anything. Uh, We had more of the Jimmy Uso, AJ Styles backstage bits. And then we had The Miz coming out for his promo, Jewel, with L.A. Knight. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, I don't think it's in any way inflammatory to say that this is probably the best feud that The Miz has been part of (laughs) in I don't even know how long, since 2016 with the Ziggler stuff. Like, the, the common criticism of Miz has always been that he's a good talker, mm. like he delivers his material well, but it doesn't make you interested in yeah. seeing his matches. That's always been the big thing, whether he's WWE champion or just whatever, talking about the Miz Taraj or whatever. He's always a good talker. It doesn't make you interested in the matches. I'm interested in seeing this Miz and LA night match. They have built interest very well for this match, and they both in this segment, talked about the other not being on the other's level Mm -hmm. and they talked about their journeys to get there and how they couldn't fill the other person's shoes because they have similar but different journeys to get to WWE. You know, they were both on a reality show, which I wasn't totally aware of in the case of LA. The Hero? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. You
2: know what? It's that where The Rock clip comes from. I swear The Rock had a reality TV show
1: called The Hero.
2: You know, there's that one of... uh, and then it's LA Night so, It walks sounds
1: out. very yeah. familiar, yeah. But regardless- i so used
2: to doing these live. Usually the chat would just now yeah. tell us
1: what it is. <laughs> we never get corrected on this show. <laughs> but LA Knight apparently went out in the first round mm-hmm. or whatever of that show, so Miz brought that up and said, you weren't on my level then. I was on the real world. I was a star. I made it to WWE in three years. You took 20 or whatever the case was, whatever the number- And says, you weren't on my level then, you weren't on my level now. And LA Knight takes over and says, yeah, I'm not on your level. I am so far above you, where you're at. And this was really good stuff. I don't think it was quite as good as the last Mm. promo they did face-to-face on Raw a few weeks ago. But still, I said in my review that this was probably the one thing I would tell people to go out of their way Mm. to see on this show. Just because... It built their match at Payback, whereas very little else on this show did. It had a purpose. Both of the promos were delivered very well. Made me interested in seeing the match. Ultimately, it ends with The Miz hitting L.A. Knight with a skull-crushing finale, going to make his leave, but L.A. Knight rolling out of the ring, running up and hitting him from behind, standing tall, even after he was hit with a finisher, and I like that. I like that a lot. And good little promo segment, I thought. Yeah, they've got really good chemistry in the ring in terms of promoing. They're very similar kind of promo (laughs) delivery guys, like pro-wrestling WWE sports Mm. entertainment promos, which sometimes mesh well with other styles and sometimes don't, but these two guys are so similar in that regard that I think it complements each other Mm. very well. Uh, when When the segment started, I was making notes and I was just sort of listening at
2: the TV and they were recapping... The raw segment, mm-hmm. and I just typed "La Knight's talking." <laughs> I looked, and it was the Miz as La as La Knight. So it was really good. I so yeah, I've watched all the segments of this because I, I do. I think it's a really fun feud. Mm-hmm. This was, it was just a bit repetitive for me. Yeah, they covered no new ground really for me. There were no like killer lines. La Knight does occasionally fluff a line when he's mid flow, which you know it's totally fine. But because he's so crisp everywhere else, they they always stand out in my head. Miz even did it, like he referenced it, didn't he? And mm-hmm. Was it on Monday's Raw? He was like, I'm gonna, when he's doing the impression and uh, muck up one of my lines. It, I say this while mucking up my own lines. <laughs> but the, yeah, they just didn't say anything new for me. The constant talking about I've worked from here to get to there. I've heard that three weeks ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So this was fine, but. I didn't think it was a killer segment.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it, was, it was an average episode of SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, this kind of goes with that. Uh, and then we had the last thing to talk about on this yeah. show, which was the women's match, Shotzi versus Bailey. And we have been talking for the last few weeks on this show about have they just dropped this feud? And we didn't want to take last week's show as an indication of yeah. anything because obviously that was a very unique show. And I'm not going to take that show, you know, at face value mm-hmm. in regards to whether or not it was advancing narratives and such. But there had been like three weeks prior to that where Shotzi and Bailey were not especially mentioned either. So. We then got our answer this week because the match was Shotzi versus Bailey. Shotzi came out and she did not have just her shaved head, but she had like punk rock spiked hair. A cool, a cool look. I thought looked awesome. Yeah. Remember when Suzuki had to
2: shave his own hair off, oh, and then God, he just got sure scarier. Do.
1: That's what I feel that
2: if you lose your hair, yeah, you should come back more intimidating. I Absolutely. think that's what Shotzi's managed there.
1: Yeah. So. This match was interesting, and I don't mean interesting in a particularly (laughs) good way, unfortunately, because I had some problems with this match, for sure. I didn't think it was terribly heated. The crowd wasn't especially into it. It wasn't terribly crisp Uh. either, which I don't necessarily expect from a match involving Shotzi, Mm -hmm. but I, I was watching it and I was trying to get into it. The commentary in this match was abysmal. And I feel like I single out, like, one segment every week Mm. where I was like, God, Kevin Patrick sucks. (laughs) And God, Corey Graves sucks. And I don't like Michael Cole. I don't like Michael Cole's work. I know some people do, and fair play to you. But when they're just, like, bickering with each other and, like, kind of talking over each other and trying to correct the other, Mm. and it just does not work. Like, Michael Cole said that... uh, Bailey was at a Beyonce uh, yeah. concert, which apparently is an inside joke with him and someone else, but the other two weren't in on it, so they were like, who's Beyonce? Mm. And he's like, oh, it's, uh, it's an inside joke. And I'm like, why aren't you talking about the match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talk about the wrestling. Stop trying to pop each other, dickheads. <laughs> like, I couldn't get into it, and it mm. just kept pulling me out of this match that I already wasn't terribly invested mm. in. Anywho, a fine little deal that was going on at the time in the ring, though. This leads to referee gets distracted by Dakota Kai on one side of the ring, and Bailey goes to the other side of the ring to try and get the women's title belt from Io to use as a weapon on Shotzi. And this then prompts the arrival of Charlotte Flair. Yep, she's tall. She is. She comes down to the ring, and she... Well, this all causes Eo to turn away from Bailey, mm. which I did think was an interesting little thing, where it's yeah. not even just that she thwarted the interference, but it was that Bailey was like, Here, give me the title, and then Eo turns away and tries to use the title somewhere mm. else. So in some way could be looked at as costing Bailey the match. Well,
2: there's also a metaphor there. Yeah.
1: That both both people are literally wrestling over the title. Yeah. But not within the confines of a match. So Charlotte comes down and hits what I thought was a poorly timed big <laughs> on EO Sky because the timing was just off in terms of sh- sh- trying to hit Charlotte with the belt and whatever. Not a great run in spot. Old Charlotte would have hit a spear there. Yeah. Well, but she doesn't take not, bumps. She doesn't, anymore. Take bumps. <laughs> doesn't take any bumps. And this distraction leads to Shotzi hitting Bailey with a Fisherwoman's DDT mm. for the win. Again, there wasn't much reaction. I don't know if anybody knew what Shotzi's finish was for, for one. I thought it was a senton off the top mm. rope, but that maybe that's not like Flash hit out of nowhere enough for a finish like this. So she hits her DDT. She wins the match, and that's kind of it. And it kind of made this whole thing feel like really jumbled, like – just a lot going on at once. When you add in just like the yammering on commentary yeah. as just another thing that I'm thinking of in this match, when there's Dakota Kai's over here distracting the ref, and there's running over here from Charlotte, and there's Eo over here with the belt and everything. And all the while this is supposed to be kind of like the grudge match, mm-hmm. you know, blow-off maybe of this feud with Shotzi and Bailey. I just was not into this one.
2: Yeah. I, I thought Shotzi looked cool with her yeah. hair. But overall, it was. And Charlotte endorsed and like raising Shotzi's arm afterwards. Is there a tag match next week? Did I did I make that up in my head? Is it Charlotte and someone versus Eo and Bailey?
1: Charlotte and, so- and Shotzi against. Maybe uh, Bailey and Eo. It sounds possible. Maybe I didn't, I've I didn't write up- it down, but that definitely sounds like a thing that could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nothing really. Yeah. Uh, where do you go from here with Shotzi? She's
2: got a cool new look, but, you know, there are limitations in the ring. Charlotte, I'm not into as
1: a baby face. Absolutely not. And,
2: yeah, the, the most interesting thing is that EO Bailey interaction.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny because I feel like we've been building this... Bailey and EO split since WrestleMania and we got like what I thought was a huge turning point in that at Money in the Bank with the finish mm. EO of course handcuffing Bailey. Uh, unbelievably great finish mm. one of my favorite ladder match finishes I've ever seen I thought we were gonna like go somewhere soon after that and it doesn't appear that that's the case I've been wondering when we're gonna get to an EO versus Oscar match because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. seemed really interesting and enticing But it doesn't appear that that's the immediate direction either. We were talking on this show last week and the week before about how it would be nice to see some other members of the women's division start to get elevated up into that main event tier. Because at the moment, it's only Bianca, Asuka, E.O. and Charlotte. And even still, the combinations there Mm -hmm. are not ideal at the moment with Charlotte being a babyface. It's really tough right now, Mm. especially considering over on Raw, you have people like Candice LeRae losing in a minute, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'm just like, why can't we get Candice LeRae on this show and have her wrestling Oscar, her wrestling EO? Is that not like the immediate first title match that you would think Mm -hmm. of when EO is champion? Cause they have the thing with NXT. They have amazing matches together in NXT. They seem like a perfect fit for like a great match to mm-hmm. have on a pay per view. Go four and a half stars, blow everyone away. And she's losing to Rhea Ripley in a minute over there. Yeah. And we've got nothing over here on SmackDown. I, I mean, the SmackDown women's division has been kind of a mess for the last year when it was Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey yeah. and mm-hmm. Ronda and Sh- and Shotzi and everything. It's been a whole rigmarole. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to get fixed anytime soon. Maybe them elevating Shotzi up a little more with this mm-hmm. win is kind of a step in that direction, but wouldn't have been my choice, is all I'll say.
2: Yeah, you don't really want to be stuck in a situation where you're just waiting for the next superstar shake-up
1: yeah. or, or draft, but that is where SmackDown is right now. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't know where they go with it. Mm. I don't know if after... Well, I was going to say after SummerSlam. We're a long past (laughs) SummerSlam. My goodness. Maybe after a payback, maybe after something, Mm. you get another call-up type deal. Maybe this is when you start looking at bringing in like a Roxanne Perez, who is like... has no reason to be in NXT. She is so good in the ring. Maybe you bring up some other people who are kind of ready from NXT. I don't know who those people exactly are at the moment because I'm not watching the show, Mm. but... I'm trying to come up with solutions for this women's division, and I don't know that there is an easy one. So we will see how that all goes. But in the meantime, that wraps up our review of SmackDown. And because we do not have Ultra Chats on this show, and because it is just the very beginning of the month, we do not yet Mm. have our podcast shout-outs to give out either – That'll wrap us up for the day. What was your score? What was your rating? I gave it a three out of five as Mm. I was reviewing it, but the more I've thought about it, the more I think that was maybe a bit generous and this might have been a two out of five show.
2: Yeah, I I was thinking in my version like 38%, Yeah, which is just under two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be just under a two out of five, which I think looking back on it, News review aside, I think that probably is the more accurate score. But let us know what your score would be for this in the comments down below. Again, make sure you like this video and subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel so you never miss a fun review just like this one. We'll be back on Monday with our collision review from th- tonight's episode with Dennis Rodman. No collision review. No collision. Re- of course. because It's all pay-per-view. out. I'll be back tomorrow. Pay-per-view
2: reviews. I'll be back Everything. tomorrow with Pete. For Pete's back. Pete back. And then Pete I'm, is back. And I'm with Luke for Luke out.
1: Oh my Monday. goodness. i two pay-per-views in one weekend and three pay-per-views in one. In eight, eight days, day days or period. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. So make sure you check out both of those review here on this on the uh, channel. And also Make sure you check out the latest edition of Survival Series oh, yeah. over on Parts Fun Known. Just went live yesterday. Make sure you go over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk to get the full uncut version of that show as well. A lot of fun had on that episode. And later today, make sure you check out Communopoly 2 over on No Rolls Bard. You mm. wanted it. You got mm. it. A full playthrough of Communist Monopoly. I cannot wait. With four people. Four people. That's what they asked for. That's twice as many as last time. You wanted it. And you got it. So make sure you check all that out. We'll be back tomorrow with our pay-per-view review. We will see you then. Until then, I've been Tempest. That's been Ollie. Jam that jam.